Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the show. Good to have you along. John Scholes here, your host, and my co-pilot, always, Lior Samfiru, employment lawyer, of course, Samfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. It's always available for you to reach out and talk to Lior and his team. If you're having employment law woes, you're not sure what's going on in the workplace, maybe just a simple question, I'll give you a couple options. First is after the show, you can always, like I said, reach out to Lior and his very capable team. That's one 855 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But we always tell you, for this next hour, phone lines are open. Be that third voice on air. This is your chance to join us here on the radio, ask your questions, and help thousands of others that are also listening to the show maybe wondering the same thing, right? That number, one 399 Again, one 399 On the show today, things that your employer is probably doing illegally. Yeah, we're going to get to that here in just a bit, but a couple matters to get through. First, pal, that is the week that was. What do you got cooking? Johnny, Johnny, good to be here. Good to be talking mm-hmm. employment law on this Sunday afternoon. And, Love you know, it. we have this opportunity, of course, to solve some problems as we are about to start this work week. You know, you're going back to work tomorrow and you want to know what to do because last week something happened. We have a good opportunity now to ask that. Or maybe you're not going back to work tomorrow because last week they had uh, to make a decision. They let you go for whatever reason. Could they have done that? Should they have done that? What are your road? Well, right now you can ask that question, find out, and not wonder anymore. We're live here for the sole purpose, like every week, to solve those workplace problems to help you understand and navigate this maze of employment laws that we have. So don't be bashful. Call and ask the question, and you're always going to get that second opportunity if you want to also reach out to me in the office to have a private chat or private email exchange, of course. We'll give you that contact information again throughout the show. But to start, as we always do, a week that was a couple of situations that came across my desk. So first one is something that we've talked before on the show, but man, oh man, uh, I, I was uh, really kind of surprised to, to see it show up on my desk this week. Well, I spoke with a gentleman who uh, had been off work for uh, a few weeks and came back to work. Uh, and after coming back to work and working for a while longer, uh, condition got worse. He needed to go back off again. He provided a doctor's note saying, I need to be off work. His employer said, well, we don't think that's good enough because, you know, you were off before, now you're off again. So we're, we're, we're not sure we trust your doctor. So we want you to go and get an independent medical exam. We're going to arrange it. We're going to pay for it. We're going to get then someone else to tell us an opinion about you and what's going on. Uh, and if you're not going to do that, then we're not going to let you be off work. We're not going to approve that. You can resign. Well, wait a second. Not so fast, of course. He calls me, and he wants to know, well, can they do this to me? I spoke to my doctor. My doctor says I can't work. Here's my doctor's note. What else do they want? Well, guess what? He is 100% right. The company, his employer, does not have the obligation to require him to see another doctor. They don't get to try to uh, get different opinions until they get one that they like. No, there is no obligation for him to see or to get an independent medical exam. His doctor said he can work. He was very clear about that. There was no questions or uh, in uh, or anything ambiguous about that doctor's note. So because of that, his employer doesn't have that right. And if he says no thanks, which he will now, they can't do anything to him. The only time a request for an independent independent medical exam may be even remotely reasonable is if the doctor's note is very lacking 
or maybe uh, the doctor has said different things at different times and the employer is all confused, maybe then they can kind of uh, get the, some clarity from an independent, independent medical exam. Otherwise, no, not appropriate, not something an employee should agree to. And in my experience, John, it never ends well when you see a doctor hired by your employer, uh, that, that doctor may be more inclined to try to make sure that the employer is happy. So not a good idea. Nothing bad can ever happen to you. You should be allowed time off work. As long as you have a doctor's note, full stop. Any problems with that, you give me a call right away. Yeah, it's interesting because I know, you know, usually when you start using that language like independent medical examinations, doctor shopping and all that stuff, yeah, that's that's usually the that's usually the arena of the disability insurer, which you may be off on disability, which can also involve your employer. So to your point, it can be very confusing for people listening to the show, right? Absolutely. And, you know, if you're uh, dealing with your disability insurer and they're deciding, you know, about your benefits, they do have some flexibility to get you to, to talk to certain doctors. But beyond that, no, your employer, your employer itself, mm-hmm. not your insurance company, your disability insurance, your employer has to follow the doctor's note. That's the most powerful tool that you have in your arsenal if you can't work, if you're trying to come back to work, if you need accommodation, modified duties, etc., you get that doctor's note, now the employer has to find a way to work with that, and there's really nothing else they can do. Again, guys, toll free to call in. Talk to us here now on the show, live, one 9898 What else you got going on? So uh, this one is something that's come across my desk enough times over the past few months that I really thought I need to, to bring it up on the show. And uh, it's not something that I think we've talked about before, but it's a situation where employers say to employees, well, we're not accepting your resignation. Yeah, yeah we know you give notice that you're leaving, but no, no, that's not happening. We're not letting you do that. Uh, and I've got a f- number of calls over the past few months for some reason from people saying, well, you're, well, what am I going to do here? I, I told my employer I'm going to leave. They said, no, you're not. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> well, you know, it, but kind of, I, my inclination also was to kind of say, well, you know, Seriously, are you really concerned about that? But people are concerned, so I want to address that. So let's be very clear here. Unless your employer is going to physically lock you in a locked room and throw away the key, there's nothing that your employer can do about stopping you from resigning. You can resign when, whenever you want. You can leave your employer, and it's not up to your employer to say uh, yes or no. You're not asking for permission. You're not asking for approval. It's not like, you know, I'm asking to go on vacation. Please approve my vacation request. No. If you're leaving, you're leaving. The, the employer has no say in that. Now, it, hypothetically speaking, if your employer feels you didn't give sufficient notice, there's legal recourse they may have in extremely rare situations, but that doesn't mean that they can tell you, no, you're not leaving. Your employer can say, well, I, I would, I need a bit more notice or I'd like for you to work with me and maybe give you an extra week. And then you can say yes or no. But let's be very clear here. Your employer cannot restrain you, stop you, prevent you from leaving, from resigning. If you've decided you're leaving, that's it. Even if you're doing it, you know, employer, I'm leaving today. Not a nice thing to do. And in some situations may not even be a, a good legal thing to do, but you still can't be stopped. So if you're ever in that situation, don't worry about it. It's, it's literally, unless you're locked into an office, nothing your employer can do in that situation. Yeah, but, you know, but other than that, the aforementioned, you know, not enough notice and, hey, oh, hang on there, you're, you're pulling the plug too early. I mean, when you've talked to people, what other reason would they give that an employer said, no, no, you're not leaving? Like, what? How, like, why would they say that? Why would they say that? 
Well, oftentimes an employer may think that, well, it's going to leave me in the lurch. And, and you know what? Uh, they may be right, right? Uh, that yeah. it does leave them in the lurch. And I get that as an employer myself. But that doesn't mean that you can tell them, no, you're not doing that. You can say, please help me out. I'd really appreciate it if you give me some more time or I'd appreciate it if you, uh, you don't do it. Fair enough. We can have that conversation. But that doesn't mean an employer, just because it may uh, put them in a jam, say, no, not, not happening. You're, you're back here tomorrow. Too bad for you. Doesn't work that way. Impossible. Uh, it's up to the employee exclusively. Let's get into this before we get into a break, and that's a good topic today, too, by the way. Things that your employer is probably doing illegally. Number one is this, when terminating the employees. Employers, they often don't account for the difference between the common law and the Employment Standards Act. How about that? Yeah, we're talking about things that an employer may do illegally and often does do illegally. And, and one of the things that employers do illegally, almost always, unfortunately, is they wrongfully dismiss an employee. And they do that by when it comes to letting someone go, they account for the person's entitlements uh, under employment standards, but not their full entitlements. So the way this works is you have two sources of entitlements when it comes to your severance to the compensation that you're owed if you lose your job. One is employment standards that outlines your minimum entitlements. But another one, and the main one, is what we call our common law which provides for the bulk of your rights. So your full rights are nothing to do with employment standards. They're under common law. And too often, maybe most of the times, when an employer lets someone go, they know about employment standards. So they say, I will comply with that. But they don't realize that an employer has, that an employee has entitlements under common law. I'll give you an example. So your entitlements on the Employment Standards Act, as an example, may be two weeks, two weeks severance. But your full entitlements under common law could be 12 months severance. So the illegal thing that employers often do is they say, yeah, yeah, we'll give you two weeks because we know we owe you that. Maybe we'll even be nice and owe you and, and pay you three weeks. But guess what? If your full entitlements are 12 months under common law, if they don't provide that, that's illegal. That's a wrongful dismissal. That's why, John, in the vast majority of cases, when employees are let go, they're actually wrongfully dismissed. Yes, chances are if you lost your job, you've been wrongfully dismissed because you are legally owed more than what your employer thinks that they owe you. That is an excellent suggestion, and we are right back for sure, toll free. Call in now. Got lots of time here on the uh, remainder of the show. One eight seven seven. 399-9898 emails help at employee, uh, employmentlawyer.ca and the website built just for you to learn more reach out with contact and, and uh, have access to the severance calculator this one's easy pocketemploymentlawyer.ca pocketemploymentlawyer.ca anytime uh, you can go there what we were talking about is things that your employer is probably doing illegally this may um Kick off a few light bulbs for our listeners going, man, I, n I never had any idea they could or could not do that. And then, next one is this, Lior, put employees on a temporary layoff thinking that, oh, it's allowed. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, and, and you know, I'll, I'll take it a step further. Uh, putting employees on a temporary layoff because they may have a good reason. Maybe a business mm -hmm. is slow. You know, maybe they're struggling. So there's a good business reason to do that. So, and they think, yeah, we'll just put someone off on a temporary layoff, give us some time, and bring them back maybe down the road. Well, guess what? Despite what the employer may think or having a good reason, no, it's not legal. And employers do this illegally very often. There is no right to put an employee on a temporary layoff. Of course, we're talking about non-union employees here as usual. And there's no right. If an employee is put on a temporary layoff because their employer is doing something that's not legal, 
that employee can consider their employment as being terminated. Constructive dismissal, of course, is the term that we use for that. And that means that employee can now get severance and move on. And all of a sudden, that employer who thought that they were doing something that they're allowed to do is saddled with the massive severance bill, which could be as much as two years' pay per employee. So very clear, very important to remember this, whether it's because of COVID-19, whether it's for any other reason. If your employer lets you or puts you on a temporary layoff, because they're essentially reducing your pay to zero dollars, they cannot do that even if they have a reason. That's a termination. Very common thing employers do illegally. And if they've done it before and you let them get away with it, we know what happens, right? Well, here's the thing. You know, the law, here's how the law often operates when it comes to employment law. The law establishes certain rules and obligations, but it also allows the employee to give up some of their rights if that's what they mm-hmm. what they do, what they want to do. And that's true when it comes to temporary layoffs. So, for example, yes, your employer does not have a right to put you on a temporary layoff. I've said that. It's illegal. But guess what? Despite the fact that it's illegal, if you accept it, you say, well, I'll, I'll wait at home, and you do, and eventually they call you back, and you go back to work, so you, you accepted it. By accepting it, you've given them the right to do it again. So the second time they do it, all of a sudden, it's no longer illegal. Now, it is legal. Why? Because you let it happen that first time. You accepted it. So now you can uh, be in a situation where they lay you off again, second, third, fourth time, etc. So you really have to think about that. It's not just about this temporary layoff and whether you're okay with it or not. It's about mm-hmm. are you comfortable with future temporary layoffs? Are you going to be okay with your employer doing it again and again? And if you're not, then you don't want to accept that first layoff. So if you are put on the temporary layoff, whether it's for an indefinite period of time or for a few weeks, we should talk. It may be better to get your severance and move on. Again, calling in toll-free right here and now, one 399 When you have any questions about the topics we're going through or just questions on your own that have come up, bring them on. Don't hesitate to call in and, uh, and join the show. We're talking about things your employer may be doing illegally. Next one is terminate employees, but don't provide notice of termination in writing. Well, that one. So let's kind of break this down a bit. An employer mm-hmm. can, instead of paying severance, they can provide advance notice of termination. So as an example, if you're owed six months severance, your employer can tell you in advance, six months in advance, that you're losing your job. So employee, I'm giving you six months notice that we're letting you go. And if the employer gives sufficient notice, they don't have to pay severance. Uh, but in any event, even if they give insufficient notice, it still counts towards the severance. But for the employer to be able to take advantage of that notice, for that to be legal, that notice has to be provided in writing. If an employer provides notice of termination that's not in writing, just verbally, well, it's not, it's not effective. They can't use that then to reduce your severance. It's not effective. It's not legal. It's not in compliance with the law. So as a practical matter and as a legal matter, if you get notice of termination uh, and the employer wants to use that as, as proof that they gave you notice, it has to be in writing. Not doesn't matter if they tell you verbally, doesn't matter if they call and remind you about that every single day, it's it's not mm-hmm. effective. So notice of termination in writing. If it's not, that's actually a good thing for the employee because now it's as if they never got notice, therefore they're owed their full severance. 
You know, it's that's an interesting one. We've had calls on this show in the past, Lior, about that topic. And the problem that people were having was they'd phone and say, Lior, you know, I got this, I got this, you know, this notice that, you know, May 1st, I'm out of a job. And then they keep moving the goalposts. Oh, no, it's May 14th. No, no, it's June 2nd. Oh, by the way, now for sure it's going to be July 16th. And they keep doing that. What, what's an employee to do? It's confusing. Well, that's, and that's, that word you use, confusing, is actually extremely important. Because for notice of termination to be effective, you have to have certainty as to when you're going to lose your job. So if I let you go or tell you today I'm letting you go May 16th, well, it's May 16th, it's clear you understand what that means, mm-hmm. so you have that certainty. But if I then extend it and I say, no, no, it's going to be June uh, 14th, and then I extend it again, well, are you going to really be sure now that you're losing your job maybe i'm going to extend it again and again so all of a sudden you're not sure anymore because i keep changing it i keep uh, moving the goalposts well because of that because i've created now uncertainty that notice doesn't count anymore it's not effective so even though i may have given you notice months ago that i'm that i'm letting you go because i kept changing the date that notice now is not effective it's as if i never gave you any notice and because I didn't give you notice, I have to pay you your full severance. So something you really want to be mindful of. If your employer changes the date once, okay. If it's kind of more than once, if it's now two times or more, you're probably in a situation where you can say, now I'm not sure if I'm losing my job or when I'm losing my job. Because of that, that notice is not effective. Very important to keep in mind. Talking about things that term uh, employers will get and do illegally. This one is huge, especially in the current climate. We get we talk about this all the time. That is, don't investigate harassment complaints. Big no no. It's a big no no, and it's not something that's up to the discretion of the employer. The employer doesn't get to decide if they are going to take a harassment seriously. If they think they should take harassment seriously, there's no discretion here. If an employer is faced with a harassment complaint, if they're aware of harassment in the workplace, they have to, by law, to take it seriously, to investigate it seriously, and to do whatever they can to fix the situation, to make that harassment stop. And too often, employers do something that's illegal by ignoring it, by not taking it seriously, by not investigating it properly and, and doing what they can to make it go away. They, they just ignore it. It's sometimes easier to bury your head in the sand, I guess. But that's illegal. Employers do this all the time. You as an employee should always know that if you complain about harassment, your employer by law is required to take it seriously. And if they don't, there's going to be legal repercussions. And and that's something the law is not going to look favorably on at all. Employer, take it seriously. Investigate. Maybe that means even bringing an outside investigator if you're faced with a difficult situation. Uh, make sure you have proper policies in place. Make sure that people know about those policies. And if you comply with the law, you're protected. Too often, John, employers just don't do this properly, don't take it seriously. One of the biggest issues that I come across these days all the time. Yeah, you still got lots of time, so let's uh, let's get it happening. That phone number is the one, toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. Outside of that and any other time, you can reach Lior and his team and have that conversation. Conversation, if you wish, the phone number for that one is one 821 5900 Do not hesitate to use that number anytime you need it. Email is help at employment lawyer.ca pretty simple what we're talking about is things that your employee or employer rather often get wrong in fact are doing illegally possibly how about that next one is believe that probationary periods are automatic how many times have we heard employers doing that to you well you've got a new job you're on probation that's how it works 
Yeah, and and it's something that happens way too often, and and mm-hmm. something that's illegal because guess what? You are not on probation automatically. Probation is not automatic just because you started a new job. You may have started a new job. You you're coming in there brand new. You 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 don't really know how the business operates. It doesn't mean you're on probation. Probation only happens. You only are on probation if you sign an employment agreement that says you are on probation. So if that agreement that you signed says that, yeah, you're on probation. Uh, but if it doesn't say that, or you never signed an employment agreement, you met the boss, you had a handshake deal, and then you started working, which is, by the way, a really good thing to have to have happen, then you're not mm-hmm. on probation. And, and that's important because if your employer puts you on probation, they may have the ability to let you go in the first three months without paying you anything, paying you nothing. But if you're not actually on probation, if you're let go in the first few months, you're still owed severance, and that severance can be substantial. You could be owed a few months of severance, even though you only worked for a few months. In fact, as I've said before, the length of the severance could be more than the length of your employment. You could have worked for three months and gotten four months severance. Absolutely, short service employees get that. So no, probation is not automatic and treating someone like they're on probation and letting them go without severance because you thought they're on probation is illegal. So employers do this all the time, but now you know you're not on probation automatically. What if I'm a, an employer, Leo, and I got an employee who's gone through this this three-month probation. It was part of their employment agreement, but I'm like, eh, I'm not totally sold on this guy. I don't want to extend it for another three. How does that work? How does that affect the employer and the employee? Well, yeah, and, and this is always something that comes up. And no, mm-hmm. as a practical matter, your employer can't really extend your probation beyond three months. And the reason for that is no matter what they say or what employment agreement you sign says, if you work more than three months, you're going to be owed severance, even if your employer says you're on probation for four months. No, after three months, you you have to get severance. There's no way to avoid that, to, to contract out of it. So as a, the practical effect of this is that if your employer says you're on probation for longer, they're extending it, you're not. You're not. It's meaningless. It's not something that provides any value to the employer. Now, that doesn't mean you can go and get them arrested for saying that you're on probation for four months or five months. But what it does mean is that you can really kind of ignore that. So if you're let go in month four or five, the company may say, well, you know how we extended your probation? We're not going to pay you anything? No, not true. You are owed severance and could be a substantial amount. So that probation really can only be three months. And of course, only if you sign an employment agreement that says you're on probation. Again, guys, that number to call in, join the show live, one 877 Love this topic of probation. It's uh, it's always a good one. So someone's, uh, we've, we've talked about this before, but we, we've gotten emails and phone calls about it. I'm leaving a job of 15 years, new employer says, hey, we love you. Come join us, come join us. But before you uh, give you you know your key card to get in the front door, we're going to put you on probation for three months. Is that a hard no as someone who's being pulled into a new workplace? Well, it should really be a hard no. I mean, certainly you, you can agree to that. You're not doing anything wrong or illegal by, by agreeing to be on probation. But think about it. If you had a job for many years, you're doing well in that job, you know everything, you've built up a lot of seniority, you're not looking to leave, but eventually you decide to leave because this other company came in, they told you how great it's going to be, they made you all these promises. Well, if they want you so bad, why are you going to agree to be on probation there? Why? Mm-hmm. 
if they want you, you say great. But you, you know, you you've seen my resume. You've come. You come came to me, right? I didn't come to you. So because of that, no, no probation. And in many cases, easy, easy, easy to get rid of that. And one of the other reasons you want to do that is you want to protect yourself in the event the new company lets you go at some point. If they let you go, they inherit your past service potentially. They have to give you enhanced severance that you had with the previous company because they came and recruited you, but not if you agreed to be on probation. So very important to be mindful of these things. And always a good idea, by the way, to have that employment agreement reviewed anytime you're asked to sign an employment agreement. But it's even 10 times more important to have it reviewed if you're about to leave a secure job. That important that employment agreement is extremely important to have reviewed. By the way, everything we've been talking about, a great deal of the things we've been talking about over this past hour can be found in detail as well. Simple click of the mouse to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to scroll down the boxes, click on the topic. A lot of it's what we talk about on the show, including this one. Something else your employer is probably doing illegally, and that is they don't properly distinguish right between an independent contractor and an mm -hmm. employee. Yeah. Illegal happens all the time. My gosh. You know, I, I assure you, just because I, I, I've been doing this for a long, there's probably a few dozen people listening to us right now mm -hmm. who have been misclassified. They, they totally. believe that they're independent contractors or the, or the company they work for says that they're independent contractors, but they're not really. Remember, your employer doesn't get to decide. The company you work for doesn't get to decide if you're a contractor or an employee. They can't just decide to make you a contractor. The law can only make it that determination. The law can only make that distinction. So if you have a regular job, then you know you go to work, you do the job, you come home, and you've been doing this for a while, you work for one company, guess what? You are an employee of that company. And that company that if they misclassify you, if they say you're a contractor when you're really not, yeah, they're doing something very illegal in fact. It's in breach of all our employment laws. It can be in breach of our tax laws. It's illegal. And you actually don't want to go uh, with it. You don't want to actually uh, conform to that and, and uh, do something illegal yourself by agreeing to it. If you're agreeing to be calling yourself a contractor when you're not really a contractor, there could be problems with CRA uh, there. You could owe uh, fines and penalties and back taxes. Not a good thing to do. But this happens all the time. And John already mentioned our pocketemploymentlawyer.ca tool. Well, one of the features of Pocket Employment Lawyer is the fact that we have a tool there that allows you to find out if you're an employee or a contractor. So if you're not sure, you know, you just heard me talk here and, well, wait a second, am I an employee? Am I a contractor? Easy. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, use our contractor tool. You just answer a few questions there and it's going to tell you if you're an employee or a contractor. Of course, it's free. Of course, it's anonymous. Of course, it's easy to use. So check it out, and you'll probably be very surprised with that result. What if boss and employee are kind of old buddies, and they both kind of handshake and say, do you want to be a contractor? Yeah, I'll be a contractor. Let's do it that way. We're good. Well, it seems very nice and friendly and, and great, but again, you can't contract out of the laws that we have. So number one, if by doing that, you're agreeing potentially not to get vacation pay that would be owed to you, not to get holiday pay that would be owed to you, severance that would be owed to you. So are you truly prepared to walk away from all those rights? But beyond that, CRA is not going to care that you had a handshake deal with your, your friend, the boss. No. If they audit you and they determined that all this time you've been filing your taxes, 
as if you were an independent contractor when you're not really an independent contractor, they're not going to have a sense of humor about that. They're not going to be understanding about that. They're going to say, okay, well, now you owe us a bunch of money, and we don't like it when people owe us money, so we're going to also make you pay us a bunch of penalties. So very important to, to keep that in mind. Do it right. It's not worth to agree to misclassify yourself. Uh, and what I, I, I've seen even frequently, John, employers having employees and say, you know what, Mr. Employee, why don't we just switch you over to a contractor? Think how much mm -hmm. better it would be. You can actually make more money that way. Well, I want to make more money. Sure, yeah, I'll be a contractor. Can't do that. It doesn't work that way. You, you don't stop being an employee. The law is smarter than that. So keep that in mind. And this is especially important, John, if you lose your job. Company may say to you, well, you're a contractor, so we don't have to pay you any severance. But if you've been misclassified, if you actually are an employee, then yes, you are owed severance. That could absolutely be as much as two years' pay. Yeah, you still got some time, so uh, bring it on. We'd love to talk to you on here. It makes it more fun, right? It's one uh, 9898 Beyond that, email all the time, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And again, that website, Lior mentioned, I mentioned a few times, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Even before the phone call, you can learn so much from that website. That's what it was built for years ago. It's free and anonymous as well. Uh, Jordan, first one up, says, guys, my boss keeps threatening me that I'm going to be fired. I also have emails from him saying that I'm on the chopping block. This stresses me out big time, beyond belief. What can I do about it? Well, it, it would stress him out. It would stress anyone out, of course. Uh, if you're showing up to work not know, knowing is today the day the hammer's going to drop, uh, uh -huh. are they uh, going to let me go? And, of course, it's also embarrassing and, and very uncomfortable to be told, well, we're going to let you go. You're, 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 you're not good enough to work here. And, and that's not acceptable behavior, frankly. If an employer wants to let an employee go, fine, let the employee go. If an employer wants to provide a warning to an employee that unless they improve, something's going to happen, they do that properly. Provide a, a professional letter saying, here's what we expect, mm -hmm. and if that doesn't happen, unfortunately, there's going to be consequences, fine. But to, to do what, the, what this person is describing, completely offside, completely inappropriate. But here's what this actually means. If this to me is a form of harassment, it's a form of bullying. And in that situation, it can absolutely give rise to a constructive dismissal. So just by virtue of the employer trying to intimidate this person and put them down and threaten them, it's, they can potentially, that employee can treat this as a termination of employment. Say, well, no, you want me gone so badly, guess what? By doing this to me, you've terminated me now. I don't have to continue working. I don't have to continue putting up with this. Now you have to pay me my full severance. So especially if you can prove it, if you have those emails or voicemails or what have you, and you can show that type of bullying behavior, then yeah, that employer is going to have consequences. Not appropriate to do that. Happy to help this person get their severance. Yeah, the best part of that email from Jordan was the line where he says, I also have emails from. That is key. You always say, write everything down, whether it's coming from you or coming in from somewhere else. Always keep that stuff. John, one of the most common things that people call me about is about workplace harassment. They feel that they're being harassed, bullied, mistreated by someone in the workplace. And, and almost always, it's legitimate. They do have someone that's mistreating them. But whenever someone calls me about bullying and harassment, the first thing I ask them is, okay, what can you show me to prove it? Yeah. What can you show me to corroborate what you're saying? Not that I don't believe you, I do. But if I ever need to show it to someone to prove it, how do I do that? And oftentimes people don't have anything, which is why I say you have to document things. 
whether you keep a journal and you write what happened on the date that it happened, or maybe you send someone an email confirming what was said and what happened. Maybe you even have a recording when you've recorded a conversation with your boss or whoever it is. But by documenting that, by having that proof, you're going to make it possible for you to have all kinds of legal rights. If it's just your word against someone else's, it may be a lot more difficult. So write it down, document it. You'll be glad that you did. All right, let's get to another email. Patrick, you're up, pal. Thanks. Uh, appreciate the, for sending this in, by the way. It says, guys, I was recruited by a very large company from a job I had for many years. I was just let go 10 months after I started because they said I wasn't a good fit. How much severance am I owed? So this is exactly what we were talking about before. Yep. What I hope very much is that Patrick didn't sign something that gave away his rights or that put him on probation or that limited his entitlements. And the reason for that is if Patrick was working for years and they came and recruited him away from that company, well, now he's owed enhanced severance that recognizes the time he had with that previous company. So if he had, I don't know, 15 years with that previous company, even though now he's only worked for 10 months with a new company, he could be owed severance based on the full 15 or 16 years. That could be a substantial amount of severance. So yes, that's how it works when what we call inducement. You are induced to leave a secure job. You're owed substantial severance, enhanced severance, if you're let go shortly after that happens. So very important for him to give me a call for us to sit down and go over everything that's happened. And for you as well at home, if you're recruited away and then are let go, the severance rules don't actually apply to you because you're owed more severance than you would in a normal case, and it could be many, many times more than you otherwise would be owed. Now, if you're to put your employer hat on now to, to save your rear end with an employee that's coming in with years of severance prior to joining you, is that something you'll put in an employment agreement, not recognizing previous service or however you word it? Absolutely. For an employer, again, if we forget about what's best interest of the employer and we think about it only from the perspective of, uh, sorry, if we forget about the employee and we always think about it, only think about it from the perspective of the employer, that employer has to have a proper employment agreement that limits future severance and it also says not recognizing any past severance or service and we're going to limit your, your severance in the future. For an employer, that's the best and maybe the only way to save a lot of money, to limit future severance. So that's what an employer has to do. The employee, of course, the opposite is true. You don't want that employment agreement. You don't want something limiting your severance. You want you know, less, as much, you know, as little as possible when it comes to an employment agreement. Back of a napkin, email, handshake, all of those things are far better than having a 10-page employment agreement. For the employer, though, yeah, the, the bigger, the more detailed, the better. Still got a few minutes to go, guys. You want to make that call toll-free here to the station now live, one 9898 Benjamin, good guy, writes in, says, Leora, I was just told this week that I have to sign a new employment agreement and that if I don't sign it in one week, I'm going to get fired. What can I do? Yeah, I get a lot of questions, John, about employment agreements, and, and I'm not surprised to get uh, Benjamin uh, asking that question. If you're already working and, and your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, it's not good news. It can't be. It will never be good news. The, the reason your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement is because it, it's better, that terms in the agreement is better for the employer. So the answer should be, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to sign something that potentially limits my future severance or that gives you the right to put me on a temporary layoff or that allows you to change my job and my pay. Why would I want to sign that? No. So I'm not going to sign. 
you can't be punished, you can't be fired for cause for refusing to sign that agreement. Uh, and what I've seen happen too often is employee doesn't really think about it. They sign that agreement. Maybe they got a dollar raise or something and they sign it. And six months, a, a year later, they're let go. But now the employer says, ah, well, remember a year ago, employee, when you signed that new employment agreement, that employment agreement limited your severance. So now instead of owing you 20 months severance, we're only going to be owing you eight weeks severance. Uh, too bad. Good for us. We just saved $100,000. So be very mindful of that. Don't ever agree to limit your entitlements. And no, anytime you're seeing a new employment agreement being slid across the desk, once you're already working for the company, that's bad news. Got time for Lauren here. It says, guys, my employer refuses to pay me overtime unless my manager approves it. I don't have a choice but to work extra hours because if I don't, I can't get the job done. And then I get in trouble. What are my options? So, yeah, you, you don't work overtime, you get in trouble, you work overtime, no, we're not going to pay it to you, why did you work the overtime? Uh. doesn't work that way. So, if the, the overtime is worked because it needed to be worked to get the job done, the employer has to pay overtime. So, very important, the employer doesn't have to approve it in order for them to have to pay it. They can't say, yeah, we know you worked and we appreciate it, but we didn't approve it, we didn't tell you to do it, so we're not going to pay. Illegal. If it was worked... And if it was legitimate, the employer has to pay. I'll take it a step further. Even if the employer says, don't work, we are not right. agreeing for you to work the overtime. But you know what? You had to because you had to finish the job. You knew that it had to be done. Even in that situation, your employer has to pay for overtime. Even in that situation, they can avoid paying you that. Now, if you worked overtime when you were told not to, it could become a disciplinary thing. Right, But despite that, they still have to pay you that overtime. And by the way, yes, salaried employees get overtime, not just hourly employees. There's some exceptions. For example, managers is an exception, but otherwise you get overtime. How far back can you go back to claim overtime if it hasn't been paid? You could go back two years to claim overtime. But if you think that you were you know, owed a lot of overtime, don't wait because every day that you wait, potentially it's, it's one less day that you can go back and you could lose money doing that, uh, doing that. But yeah, you can go back up to a full two years to get that overtime. Uh, and oftentimes people don't realize that they're owed overtime. They assume that they were uh, not owed maybe because they're on salary because the employer told them that they're not owed. And I've seen employees owed thousands and thousands of dollars in overtime. If you're not sure, let's talk about it. You can also contact uh, the employment standards for that. You can't contact them if you lose your job. But for overtime, you can. And that is it for today. Appreciate all your emails and uh, listening to the show. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, reaching out to Leor and his team, you're always asked to do so. Do not hesitate to pick up that phone. 1-855-821-5900 is how you do that. And email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And finally, that website, keep it handy, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.